0: Betty, it's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes Podcast. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. On this podcast, I encourage you to say yes to building a business and a life that you love. Today on the podcast, I am so excited to share this conversation with you. My guest is Dawn Sadler. Dawn is a Christian productivity coach. She and I met really over Instagram uh, through a mutual friend. And I was a guest on her podcast recently. And we had such an amazing conversation. We just kept going and going. And I invited her to come on my podcast. And now we have plans to keep talking because she's just a great support. She's very wise. um, She has great experience. And I love what she's creating with her business. We talk about so many different things here. But we started with the idea to talk about Christian women with ambition. And I love this, but we she shared with me that one of her friends told her ambition is not a dirty word. And so we dive into that. So if that interests you, as I know many of you are Christian entrepreneurs, and we go into all of it today. So you don't want to miss this conversation. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Dawn Sadler. Enjoy.
1: Hey, Dawn. How are you? I am so good. I'm so thrilled to be here.
0: Oh, thank you for being here. For those of you who are listening who haven't met Dawn yet, um, I was a guest on her podcast uh, not too long ago, and we just had such a great conversation. We're like, we, we have so many things we could still talk about, so we're continuing that conversation today, and I'm just so glad that you've joined us. Thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, that, it's my honor. Your, our conversations, like I love them, so I, I just can't <laughs> wait to jump in.
0: Awesome. So can you start with just introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what you do?
1: Sure. So my name is Dawn. As you said, and I'm a Christian productivity coach. And what that means is that I help people who know they have a God-given calling on their life, um, but feel stuck in fear, doubt, and overwhelm. And so I've developed a system that I've taught for many years in uh, to leadership and in online coaching and one-on-one coaching to help people break through um, that barrier. And I work with people who are um, career-driven, people who are entrepreneurs, and also people who are in professional full-time ministry.
0: Oh, I love that. So did you start doing this in the church?
1: I did. So my background is I worked in corporate life for twenty years, and then I started my own digital agency. And uh, and then towards there, after uh, a number of years, it was just really clear that I no longer wanted to (laughs) run a digital agency. (laughs) And I I wasn't really sure what the next step was for me, but I was in this sort of like holy discontent season Mm. that went on for a really long time, and. I know you can relate to this because we talked about this, but it was just years of, of God, I know this is not what you want for me next, but I don't know what next looks like. And, um, spent a couple of years cranky, frankly, (laughs) just like not, I mean, I'm a very goal driven person. I feel like I've always had a vision for what my life, uh, what I want my life to look like. But in that season, I just had no idea. And it was super frustrating. And I would love to tell you that it was like all like roses and rainbows (laughs) that I was so at peace the entire time. I wasn't, I was cranky and I was impatient. Um, But I was also filled with faith that there was something else for me. So anyway, um, in my church, I had started leading small groups for people who were uh, had a dream on their heart and wanted to start it. And then people started reaching out to me for coffee um, to talk through it. And then I started running our business ministry here in New York City. And we uh, at the time did a big retreat every year. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we just like, I don't think that there's anything to set goals from a Christian perspective. Like we know how to set goals for like big cars and boats and whatever. Um, And and there's lots of uh, goals that are not those things. Don't, don't, um don't get me wrong but from a christian perspective like what does goal setting look like from a posture of just pure radical obedience oh, and yes. so i like just threw together this program i was really proud of it but i like stayed up 3 days straight i think to put it <laughs> together because we were on a deadline and it yeah. was a last minute idea and that was really the seed of what would later become my coaching program that I've used for years and years. So anyway, I was doing that and it and it was just a light bulb moment that went off at some point. I don't remember if somebody said it to me or if I felt God say it to me, but it was just, um, I know that we're a similar age, so you will understand this, but do you remember <laughs> the old commercials, the Paul of commercials where Madge would say, you're soaking in it? Oh, do you remember yeah. those commercial? Yeah. <laughs> So that's what it was like. It's like, God, what would you have me to do next? And it was like he was saying, you're soaking in it. You're already doing it. This is already everything you're doing. But it just never occurred to me that this could be a career move. Like that actually never even crossed my mind. I just loved doing it. And I would continually show up for people because I loved, I just never tired of conversations of helping people put the puzzle pieces together to move forward in the thing that they feel uniquely called to do.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. You said so many things there I want to touch on. But first, I'd like to touch on commercials from when we were kids. Remember yeah. the one that was like, um, I've had a whole full day of motherhood and I'm going to have an aviance night. Yes, <laughs> yes. And uh, yes, I remember like it was that, that, one. that whole, I can bring home the bacon, fry it yeah. up in a pan. <laughs> yeah. Oh but my then, gosh. It just let me- you br- brought up palm that It reminded me of that. <laughs>
1: Let me ask you this because my husband has no memory of this commercial and I can't find it on YouTube or anything to show him. So tell me, sorry for all your listeners who are like, why are they talking about old commercials? I'm already bored. Don't log off. No, they're getting, not bored. They love it. We're getting into some exciting things. Um, but there is a, it's like a, a spray, uh, like I'm uh odor deodorizer spray kind of thing uh-huh. and the little girl says now it smells like fish and roses do you remember that commercial <laughs> no but
0: oh my gosh that?
1: I've got it if you if anyone listening to this remembers that commercial like please reach out to me because my husband swears that I made that whole thing up and I didn't.
0: Oh that's <laughs> so funny. I'm gonna look into that. Yeah. Um I love it. Okay. So what I, there's so many things I want to ask you about, but first thing that I think is really interesting is you said, um, that you were having a season of holy discontent. Yeah. What does that mean? Like for somebody listening, you know, because I think we can be in that season and not know what's going on. We're just, we're just restless, right? Like, what does it, how would you describe what holy discontent would mean?
1: I would say that the um, the business that I was running was not bearing any kind of fruit that excited me. So my business specialized in a specific um, industry and um, you know that led to maybe somebody bought one more X or maybe an email got a little bit more open rate. And I just wasn't excited about it anymore. There was no meaning. And mm-hmm. I think meaning in what we do is so important. That sense of I think it's more important than passion, frankly. Like I actually do something that I think has me and there was no meaning in it. And then there were other things that I was doing. So for example, this, um, uh, this, uh, thing that I put together for the retreat, I did it. I did it in three days, like I said. And for weeks and months afterwards, people would come to me and they would say, you can't believe what just happened in my life after I wrote that down. And again and again and again, I saw the presence and the hand of God in something that, um, that I had put out into the world. And I believe the Holy Spirit guides all of that anyway. So I think that was from him, but it... I just became hungrier and hungrier and hungrier to put my hand to something where I could see the hand of God move in the lives of the people that I serve again and again and again. And God was so in this. And it wasn't that I had created like the most brilliant thing. I hadn't. There's a million different versions of goal setting programs out there, but I think that there is something when goal setting is obedience. I believe that God had called me in that moment to create something out of obedience. And I just said, yes, I could have never imagined that that would end up being a new business or a new career. And that's one of the reasons that I constantly say to people, I think you and I talked about this before, which is if there's something that you feel like God is calling you to do or something you're fascinated with, and it doesn't make any sense, go in that direction because there is a God who sees a plan that we do not see. And Mm. so um, Um, So holy discontent for me means that I was hungry to see the hand of God on things that I was putting out into the world.
0: Oh, I love that. I love how you described it. And the other thing that I love that you said in that too is you said there's a million different versions of what you were creating and you weren't creating this brand new thing that's so spectacular and whatever, but you were creating it with god in mind like you wanted god to see god's hand in it you so you're creating it out of obedience yourself and therefore you were creating something that would show people how to do that like that's brilliant to me because so many of my clients and i don't know if you run into this too but one of the big mindset things is um one of the blocks is oh it's been done before yeah right like it's been done before there's a million goal setting things there's a million coaches there's a million product makers. There's a million real estate agents, right? Whatever it is. And it's like, right. But if you're doing it in the way that God's calling you to do it, it's going to be unique. And he's going to bring people to you that have never heard it before, but need to hear it from you.
1: Yeah, and and there's I'm glad that you brought that up because this is so important. And I know that you understand what I'm about to say because we've talked about the badass list and it's very similar, but we do a personal inventory as part of our coaching. And the point of that is, listen, if you want to be a photographer, you can look out into the world and say, okay, well, there's like hundreds, thousands of photographers that I'm competing with. What do I have to offer? But you are not just your vocation. Your calling is not just your vocation. For example, you may be the only photographer who grew up as a missionary kid who has a passion for, you know, snowboarding. And like, it's all of these pieces that come together that make you unique. So there might be hundreds or thousands of photographers out there, but that there isn't another you. And that sounds so cliche. I know that sounds incredibly cliche, but it, it, it isn't. And the thing is, is that I don't know that there's really a lot of new things in the world. I don't know that there's a lot of new products. I don't know that there's a lot of new messages, but people are going to connect with you as a person. Yes. Um, so, for example, my friend, I have a really good friend of mine, and she decided that she wanted to start a photography business. That was really scary for her. But she had spent years as a nanny, working as a nanny to uh, pay her way through school. So she's a phenomenal family photographer because she captures those impromptu moments that only someone who works that closely with families can. And she's got a fine heart, fine art background and all the stuff. Right. Right. And so no one can do what she does. Like, yes, anybody can pick up a camera. No one can do what she does. Just like no one can do what you do, Sue. No one can do what I do. And so we have to get really clear when we feel called to all of the pieces of our story. One of the things we talk about a lot in my coaching is you've got to own that story, the good, the bad, the ugly, and especially the failures, which people are like, let's just like not talk about those again. Those are key. Failures are one of the primary ways that people connect with you, are inspired by you and how you've overcome them. And it also just gives us empathy for the people that we serve. So I don't even remember what your original question was. Well, I hope no. that answered it. <laughs> it's
0: so good, it's so good. Right, well, I have really been called, I'm gonna be in the live event coming up for a team. Yes, I'm gonna be teaching about um, how I, if you believe there's more, there is, and it starts with you being more you. Yeah. And I believe that there's this whole thing that we do where we try to be perfect or we try to present this um, image of ourselves, and we're missing the magic. Like, yeah. the thing that's going to bring people to us is our stories. And, and so I, I listened to, and I wish I could remember who said this, but she talks about the lean in story. Like, so a story in your life where you like start to tell it and people start to lean in Mm. and it could have nothing to do with your business. And so as business people with marketing, we go, well, I don't know. That has nothing to do with my business, but it has everything to do with you and you are your business. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And so people are going to do business with you when they can relate to you. So tell those stories, right? Tell yeah. those stories. And even if you feel like, you know, it was from something before, like something you learned in your past job or something I learned when I was a yoga teacher, those things still count. They still matter and nothing's wasted. And God Nothing. will use that to bring people mm-hmm. to you or to connect with you. So I love what you're saying. It's yes. Yes. And about the failures. I mean, There's nothing more powerful than relating to somebody who is vulnerable and willing to say, you know, I failed at this, or I messed this up, or this was a real challenge for me. Yeah. Right? I mean, Yeah. now I'm not a huge believer in like bleeding all over the internet. Like sometimes, (laughs) sometimes I'm like, whoa, like, you know, we don't need to like, it's not about airing your dirty laundry or complaining about your life or anything like that. It's more about like, look what God's brought me through. And I see you and I understand you because I've gone through this.
1: I also think that I, I don't like to bleed either. I think that there's, there's I, I love the saying that you, um, you preach from your scabs, not your wounds. Yes. Uh, and uh, and I I love that. And I think that it is really important because it shines light into the dark places. Like everybody has things that they would never tell anyone because it's too much shame. And when you go on social media and say, you know what, I have struggled with XYZ and blah, blah, blah. And I remember feeling blah, 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 whatever. It shines a light into the dark places that somebody isn't talking about. And is the light of Jesus that is the hope yes. of Jesus, and so I think that we have that. But I will say, you know, as you were speaking, what I think that we also have a responsibility to do, especially as women, is we have a responsibility to receive someone else's failures well. And mm. what I mean by that is, I think women can be prone to competition, I think that we can be prone to comparison, and I think that understanding, like having grace in those moments to say, wow, that must have been really hard or or tell me more about that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think yes. that's twofold. If we want to hear more about sort of the failures and the dark moments of, of each other's stories, especially women, then we as women
0: also have a responsibility to receive those well and with grace. Oh my gosh. I think that's so important. Thank you for saying that. It's the same with um, being non offendable, right? Like, right. Unoffendable. when we want people to not, we want to be able to speak um, what we're thinking or what we believe, and or even like about God, some people can be offended, but we want to be able to speak freely. Then we need to let others speak freely. And so, yeah. if we don't want people to always be offended, we need to start with ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. And I have felt convicted in that so much, like, just okay, well you know, it's that whole be the change you wish to see. It's like just yeah. stop being offended, handle things with grace. Like you're going to, when you give that, you get that back. And I think we've kind of lost the art of that. Um, the other thing I do sometimes, and I know that a lot of people do this is when someone's telling me their failures, I'm trying and I I'm learning and I'm grown in this, but I would try to make them feel better. Yeah. And often like people don't need to you to make them feel better. They just need no. a witness. Yeah. Just yeah. listen, just receive it, just be there and kind of hold it, like be that vessel that's like holding that for them and and with no shame or judgment or really anything on your part,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Um... Yeah, that is so true because failure is a part of like growth. You cannot be somebody who is committed to personal growth and not have failure. Those two things go hand in hand. If you're not failing, you're not growing. And so, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a really important point.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, I love this. And I know that you and I, I can't wait to talk about, because so you work with Christian women. I work with Christian women. Um, There's Some speaking of some shame or some confusion, I think around Christian women having ambition. And so we kind of brought this up when we were talking last time and you're like, I want to talk about that. I'm like, me too. Let's talk about that. Um, so tell me like what you've come up with this, maybe personally or with your clients. Have you seen this as being a struggle?
1: You know, when I was growing up, I grew up in a very conservative church, um, and I remember what, for me personally, and this is not right or wrong or good or bad, but for me, when I saw women of God, they there was a specific way that a a, a good woman of God looked. And she was, um, in, in my context, she uh, worked from home, which yes and amen to, um, and she did uh, Uh, typically did not have a career of her own. Nothing wrong with that. But my point is that there was no model of a woman in a church for me growing up that actually had a A drive and an ambition. Um, And so I felt out of place a lot in church. When I looked around, I thought, I cannot, I I love marriage. I love family. I love submitting to my husband. I love serving like all of those things I love. But I also really had some strong ambitions. I knew I felt called to a big city. That was one thing that I wanted to do. And I also knew that I was called to career. I knew that that was going to be a really important part of my story. And, uh, whenever I would talk about that growing up, it just seemed like there wasn't, there wasn't anything for me to sort of, it it seemed like it was outside of what it meant to be a good godly woman. And again, there may be context here because of the, the, um, the era that we grew up in, but for me, I just, I didn't see it. I didn't see anything that I could look to and say, that is, the way that I feel called also.
0: Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So it makes sense um, like that you didn't see an example of like maybe a career woman that was also a Christian, but did you see it? Like I saw it a lot in the church. Like I had ambition to lead in the church and I Mm -hmm. was shut down in that endeavor many times. Tell me about leading. Yeah, like pastoring or not pastoring, but like even well I grew up Catholic, so just to give it some context, there were like certain like um I don't know, rules, uh feelings, um and there was no like women's bible study.
1: Oh. Um
0: and I remember I wanted to start a women's bible study and it was so controversial. And I huh. was like this is really interesting. So I came up against really kind of having to talk my way into like being able to start this woman's Bible study. And I didn't know if that was like, because women don't lead in the church thing or because the history of the Catholic church, like women didn't really study the Bible on their own. Right. Like, so there was all of this kind of messiness around my, like, I guess it's ambition, but like it wasn't ambition to like make any money or anything, but it was like, I wanted to serve in the church and that wasn't really received that well. There were certain places you could serve in the church, but if you saw something new or something innovative that you wanted to do, that was kind of, it was almost like a condescension, like, oh, okay, well, that's a great idea, but that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, that's super interesting. I, um, I didn't have that. We did have, we did have uh, women's ministries. I remember from a very young age, I uh, felt like I was gifted to um, speak and there were no women preachers Uh, in the church that I grew up in up until I was 45, I was never a part of a church with women preachers, but I remember that they would always put me on the platform, uh, when I was, uh, when I was growing up for like youth day or something, Yeah. um, but it just never occurred to me to preach because that was just never done. And it wasn't until I was 45 and I moved to New York and I was part of a church that uh, does Affirm Women on Platform that I was given an opportunity and now I'm part of the teaching team. So um, yeah, so it wasn't, it was different uh, than your experience. That's really surprising. I'm so sorry. I feel like we missed out on so much Um I feel like we've missed out on so much by not honoring the ambition of women, like you said, I mean, just to serve yeah. and to lead and to share the gospel and to disciple. Um, for me, it was there, but it was always separate. Men over here, women over here, like a you know like a more traditional, I guess thing. I grew up Southern Baptist, okay. um, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, um, well, I think that's something too. You know, um, one of the things that you said is you felt out of place a lot in church because you didn't see people that were doing, um, you know, career women or, or the things that you wanted to do. And I think that I'm glad that we talked about that because I do think that that's a, um, that's a common thing. And I think some women, unfortunately, that I've known and coached and talked to, they, because of that, they've kind of moved away from their faith. Yeah. And so I want to be an encouragement to Christian women with ambition. Can we do that? (laughs) Let's do that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yes, let's do it. So how tell me like what you would say to someone who says, you know, I'm not sure if if this is of God or if I'm supposed to do this, right? If I should.
1: Yeah, I would say um, what you know. Proverbs thirty one. That was an ambitious woman. <laughs> Whatever the right. Proverbs thirty. I mean, she was an entrepreneur. She was an investor. She took care of her kids. Like I, I think that I think, I think God loves women who are driven. I mean, we are called to press on towards the prize, right? And so I think that um, if there's something that you feel like God is calling you to do, then. I would say to step out in that. I think it is harder in the church um, when there are more guardrails in place, but there's so many different ways that you can do ministry. So um, uh, for example, some of the people that I've interviewed on my podcast, I have one friend of mine, she's an influencer. And so she partners with brands on Instagram. She's got a huge following and she says, you know, Don, in my DMs, a ton of ministry happens. Women reach out to me, and they like share things with me, and I'm able to minister them and to uh, and to hook them up with resources. There's another guy that I um, I interviewed, and he is a Christian um, venture capitalist, and so that is one way that he uh, his ministry looks a little bit different. So right. I think the the marketplace in ministry has been divided for far too long, and I think only now is it coming back together where people are really beginning to understand, um, that, that the marketplace is ministry. So if there's Mm -hmm. something on your heart, whether it's a business or whether you want to start a Bible study or whatever it is, I would say just absolutely step out. There's so much, um, that we discover when we just step out in faith and are just obedient at the end of the day. That's what we will answer to is, um, how we were obedient to the things that
0: we felt like God was calling us to do. Oh, I love it. I love it. Obedience keeps coming up, right? Because it's, I don't know, I think we we put the emphasis on ourselves almost like, well, if I show up and do this, that, and the other, and when we start to turn our eyes to Jesus and we're like, what are you asking me to do? It's completely, it's a different, a completely different conversation, but often you'll, you'll see, oh, Wow, that desire of my heart—he actually planted there. He's actually asking me to move forward in that, right? And sometimes it's the hardest thing is being obedient and taking that first step and not being um, afraid to take that first step. One of the things that I want to talk about too is so women in church, women in ministry, and that's kind of different. But what about the woman who wants to make money? Do you (laughs) run into right? Like I talk to so many women who have money blocks, and I know that I have money blocks as well. Um, and sometimes a money block could just be, oh, I don't really need the money. So I'm going to do everything for free. Yeah. Yeah. What do you Think about this. Any thoughts on this? I I know it's a struggle
1: and I think it's specifically a struggle for Christian women because um, I hear a lot of people say, you know, I feel like God has given me this gift, so I don't feel like I should charge for it. And uh, I love, somebody once said, well, does that mean we only charge for things that we're not gifted for? I mean, that's actually- (laughs) great. uh, I love that. Yeah. But I do want to talk about that. I think this is actually really important because there's so many, um, especially in the entrepreneur, online entrepreneur. Open up Instagram, and there are um, a ton of sponsored ads about how you can have a million dollar launch, or make six <laughs> figures in a day, or whatever, <laughs> or right? And it's all uh, it's all money driven. And um, and I and I have talked to clients who have said to me, it is it has become just. Um, hard on my heart to think about the money, and I understand that it 's mm-hmm. not that they don 't want to make money it 's that there 's so much noise around the money but here's the I think where the separation is we are called if we're called to business we are called to run a profitable business now whether or not for me I think about whether that's a six-figure business a seven-figure business an eight-figure business that is up to God but my job is to make sure that I am stewarding the finances well and that I am running a profitable business that means I don't give it all away for free I do share and I do contribute and there's lots of free stuff Um, that I do, but I understand that I have to uh, turn a profit. It's it's the parable of the talents. I think about that all the time, right? And we are, when God places something in our hands, part of stewarding that, the kingdom is a multiplying kingdom. And so how do we multiply that? I do think there's always a posture of our heart, right? Like Mm -hmm. I am going to make a name for myself. That is a different posture than I am going to serve the people that God has called me to serve and I know that the best way to reach them is to build a big Instagram following right so mm-hmm. there's a heart posture here but I am so frustrated by the entrepreneurial noise that constantly focuses on big dollar launches and so few actually focus on here's what you actually need to know to be smart about finances in your business oh my gosh, yes. so, yeah there's tons <laughs> tons of great resources out there that are available But, um, I, I think, I think that there's a disconnect there and we've just, you know, if our heart is right and, uh, and we are minding the store, so to speak, um, I believe that there is nothing that we cannot hope and dream for. Um, but I think first and foremost, whatever we're called to calling is about serving. So I would say if our heart is to go out and make a lot of money, um, without, a mind of who am I serving, how am I making their lives better, how am I pointing to the glory of God, then maybe that's something I know that I've had those moments and I've had to just come to my knees in repentance and say, God changed my heart. Because what is happening is I am actually forming a business out of fear, out of the fear that I'm not going to have enough, out of the fear or like either fear or greed, one of those things. And neither of those are going to be aligned with the true calling that God has put on my heart. So I think, first of all, heart posture, and second is to educated about all of the different components as long as your bottom line is you're running a clean business and a profitable business that um, offers a product at a fair price that actually makes people's lives better. I don't think that there's anything wrong with wanting to make six figures or seven figures or whatever it is that you feel called to make. Um, If that's, you know, providing security for your family or giving uh, giving to the church, building the kingdom, whatever that is. It's all about heart posture. It's not about a dollar amount. It's all about heart posture and stewardship.
0: Absolutely. And amen. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I had to bring it up because I think sometimes people equate the word ambition with like wanting money. Yeah. And I think what we're Ah. talking about is, you know, heart posture, like you said, but also just obedience and what we're gifted in is what we're called to do, right? Like God created us with a plan and a purpose in mind. And so he gave us these gifts that we're going to use. And if that means you're making money, you don't have to feel shame about that. Like It gives you more of an opportunity to impact um, you know, the church, like you said, to build kingdom, to give to charities that you support. Like So it's not a, like money itself can't be looked at, I don't think, as like this negative bad thing. And I yeah. think sometimes women struggle with that. Christine? And I think, I
1: think so too. And I also think, you know what? We can be really ambitious for impact. So mm-hmm. um, for example, if I have a system and I see time and I roll that out to 20 people and I see, as I said earlier, the, you know, the hand of God on that and I see people getting success, experiencing success and getting breakthrough then why would I not be ambitious to make that available to a wider number of people, make a greater kingdom impact? And I think this is where alignment is so important. Like my whole thing is about people who feel called by God and getting them through the breakthrough. So there is no downside to serving someone and helping them get breakthrough on the thing that that they feel like God is calling them to do. The more people who are experiencing that, there's a really great, I'm studying Numbers 11 right now, and mm-hmm. I love there's a line from Moses. It's like, I hope they all get anointed. Somebody's like, oh no, somebody's, somebody's anointed and they're not part of our group. And, and Moses is like, no, I want them all to be anointed. I and I think that. that that should be our our stance when it comes to the people that we serve. Let's be ambitious for impact. Let's be ambitious for people to... Um, to experience uh, the better result, whatever it is that we're offering, um, let's be ambitious to see God move. Ambition is many things. Like you said, I think a lot of people equate that with money. And I understand that because we've all got bills to pay. We've got kids to put through college. We've got the whole thing. Um, But my favorite business advice I ever heard was never fall in love with a product, fall in love with a group of people and do whatever you can to solve their problems. And So I think that, yeah, we can be ambitious for more than money, more than title, more than, you know, a worldly interpretation of power or influence. We can be ambitious to see the hand of God move in the lives of the people we serve.
0: I love it so much. You know, I always talk to my clients about who can you serve? How can you help? Who do you serve and how can you help them versus who's your ideal client and what do you offer? Yeah. (laughs) It's like a different language around because it's a different posture of your heart. And serving takes the, the focus, the self-conscious, like focus off of yourself where you're scrambling. And like you said, operating out of fear or greed. And it takes all of that away because you're just focusing on serving people well. It's a relief. (laughs) It's so true. And you think about all of the ways that
1: people get stuck. Like, I'm stuck, I don't want to post to social media, I don't know what to say. Or I'm stuck, I don't... And it is. When we shift off of ourselves yes. and to the people that we serve, Like, there's, there's no way that anybody has the perfect product sitting in the planning stages, right? Our right. product, our service, or whatever we offer is only improved when we get it out into the world and people start using it. And then we are able to iterate more. Uh, more and more and more. But it's just, I think that that, what you said is so important that that self-focus keeps more people stuck from moving forward in the thing that God has called them to do. But when we are focused, like just if you are stuck and you're like, I don't know, I I feel like this product isn't working. The service isn't working. I'm scared. Pick up the phone, get on the phone with somebody who is your ideal customer. I know we just like squashed (laughs) that Get on the phone with them. Ask some questions. Yes. What matters to you? What are you struggling with? What is the what is missing in the marketplace? Like, pick up the phone and just start asking questions. You will. You don't need a big, expensive market research. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars on a course if you want to. But on you, I've done it and I will do it. But let us not. Let us not think. That we cannot get there without all of those things, pick up the phone, talk to a customer, make it about them, and you will just you will fly out of the gate of wherever you feel stuck in your in your business
0: oh it 's so true, and I love that you 're kind of calling out the industry of like there 's these courses and there 's these promises and there 's these you know, I've had to talk to a lot of clients who are real disappointed in maybe even their click rate on an email or their, um, they did a launch and how many people joined and their numbers are right in line with the average. It's just that they've been sold a bill of goods. Yes. On the
1: yeah. <laughs> it's so true. I'm like, so you're true. doing
0: great. Like this is a pos- this is great. And they're like, yeah. no, because they have this image of what's possible that really isn't true. Um, yeah. So I like that, but I was just thinking of this whole idea. I remember somebody talked to me about, um, a platform versus a pedestal and Mm -hmm. how sometimes when we are, you know, striving in our own strength, right. Through our own brute strength, we're trying to achieve and succeed and make money and get more clients. And it's this kind of like rat race feeling. Um, we are trying to build ourselves a pedestal. Like we're trying to like, look at me, look at me. And when we decide that we just get to be like curtain holders, right? We're up on a stage, but we're holding the curtain back and Jesus is coming out and we get to share the good news and all that. We get to be a light. It changes. And he may give us a platform, but he's probably not going to give us that pedestal. If you're building a pedestal, that's probably of your own doing.
1: Yeah. I think that that is such a good point. And again, I think that's about heart posture, right? Yep. Am I... Am I pointing ultimately attention towards me, or am I pointing to, or am I pointing people back to Jesus? Yeah. Am I in this because I am trying to um, solve an old hurt of feeling not good enough or not worthy enough, or yeah. you know, comparing to something else? Those are some wounds that we we have to we have to like take before God and have him heal. But I think that there's also a flip side to this. And I'm so glad that you brought this up. Tell me your thoughts on this because I get really frustrated that, Uh, I think that there are people who are building a platform, building the following because they genuinely have a heart for obedience. And I feel like, again, those people are shamed because people in the church are like, oh, they're just trying to do it all for themselves. And they're genuinely not. And I, uh, I remember hearing, I don't know if we talked about this, but I remember hearing a very, very famous female preacher, um, someone I respect a great, great deal. And she said, um, It might be good marketing, but is it God? And I was so Mm. frustrated by that because it was saying that God cannot be in marketing. And God created marketing, right? God can be as in marketing as he is in finance or as he is in anything else. And I think that this is, um, I think that there's a little bit of, of shame in places around this. Mm -hmm. And I would say, like, check your heart posture before God. If you are good before God about what you're doing and why you're doing it, if it is out of obedience, um, I would say that you're good. And I would also say that, you know, our motives were human beings. So maybe some of that is going to leak in, right? Some of it is going to be look at me or if I get to this many followers and I'll be a, you know, I'll be a player or whatever, whatever (laughs) that language is, Yeah. Um, that uh, that it is through that process that God refines us through the fire, right? And the more we step out, the more he reveals his vision, which by the way, is always more than we can ask, ima- ask or imagine. It is a way beyond anything that we could come up in our own imagination with, um, in our own humanness, but there's no way to get there. Like we try to figure out, okay, here's what the vision is and I'm going to move towards that vision. no say yes to whatever is in your hand and God will slowly reveal that vision. And it doesn't mean that we're going to get a million dollar launch. It may be 10 people, but you know what? Serve those 10 people with everything you have. And those 10 people are going to tell 10 people and they're going to tell 10 people. And pretty soon you're going to have a seven figure business and it's not even going to feel like you. Yes. For six figure or whatever God has for you. But, um, you know, the word says, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. We are not obedient once in our business. We are obedient continually. So be obedient to the 10 people that God has put in your life, in your business right now. Serve them as though you were serving Jesus himself and allow God to
0: take you to the next level. Preach! I'm over here crying. (laughs) I literally just started crying. Um, Yes and amen. And you know, I think I don't know if you are you. Do you know what you are on the enneagram? I'm an eight. Okay, so. You know, you take the Enneagram and I was just, um, I'm going to be a guest on uh, someone, the uh, Christian coach that uses the Enneagram a lot. And we were talking about the Enneagram and I think this is just kind of an example when God reveals something to you, but say you take the Enneagram and like, I'm a three and three is an achiever and three, um, you can go to the, I think what we do as human beings is we kind of go to the negative, right? Like, Oh, okay. So great. Um, I'm all about like accolades and I'm all about like people loving me and achieving things for my worth and things like that. And you start to go into that and you start to get this shame and you start to hide and you start to go, Oh, that's really gross. But if you look at the other side, it's like, God made me this way. Yeah. And so what I'm called to do and serve, it's like, I picture him being like, all right, well, I know you're going to get this done (laughs) because- I've made you this way, right? Like, I'm going to ask you to do the thing that I know you'll step into because I made you this way. And so I think there's a real danger sometimes when we're in, because I agree, it's a process. And it's like, take that first step, say yes. And that action will bring clarity, right? And God will prune us through this process. And the reason I can talk about all of this is because I have been so pruned from this. Like, this is my go-to. Like, He's still like the peeling the onion on the pride, peeling the onion on the, um, achievement for worth. Right. So I feel this in my bones. Like there's going to be things that come up for you that God's going to show you. And he's not condemning you. Right. That's just not the way you want to proceed, if you're going to reach all these things, because I agree his plans for us and his dream for us, his vision for us is so much bigger than our own. We would only limit it and make it small. If we thought we knew the outcome, if we tried to plan the outcome, right? So it is that continual journey, but also in that journey to not get stuck in shame and start to hide. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and also I want to go. I I think all of that is brilliant. The thing that I want to say about the enneagram, and I say this because I am an eight, and we are we are like, we are like borderline hostile at times. We're very forceful. And um, the thing about our enneagram is that our enneagram. There's like okay, so there is. How God made us, and then there is our defense mechanisms based on what we've been through that we sort of develop. And and the enneagram is some of that, right? Like, like their childhood some... wounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, um, and so I think that what you were saying was so brilliant because it is um God has made us this, you know, a way, and we have all of this stuff that we've attached to it as our coping mega- mechanism, and the, the layers of the onion that he is unpeeling that you talked about is he is realigning us with our authentic self, and so that is why all of that gets done. I think that a business is one of the most powerful spiritual tools that God uses for our own growth and development. I have been shaped and challenged and all of the things through my business so much more than anything else, except maybe marriage is the other big one, right? Yeah. But it is, but like you said, like that is the process, but there is, um, You know, to the point about shame, there's a difference between convicting and condemning. The Holy Spirit convicts us because, um, because we are being called back to our authentic self, or into the next level, or into greater blessing, or into spiritual development. Condemnation is shame, Mm -hmm. and we are never shamed by God. He is always He gently convicts us in order to move us forward. And so, you know, if we have a launch and it fails um, by our standards this is something I had to learn is that sometimes the thing that God wants to do in us in order to prepare us for that greater thing that he's calling us to is more important than the short-term success. And that was really hard, especially when those failures are public, like, oh my gosh, I did this big launch and no one showed up and now I have to, you know, say that. Um, it's, uh, it's that process it, letting God um, do the work in us. And again, I think business is such, such, such an exciting tool that God uses. I am constantly amazed by it.
0: Absolutely. I am um, totally, I, I see it in my clients. I see it in myself, that spiritual development, that personal development. And just, it's it takes courage to start a business. So for anyone yeah. who's listening, who is like getting ready to launch or who is trying to grow their business or is like listening to us talk about um, you try a launch and it doesn't work, but they've never even tried to launch and they're or maybe they're even like, what are you talking about? Um, it's a process, right? Like I look back and I go, oh, wow. Like I have learned so much, not just about business, but about myself, about how I want to proceed, about what would make me feel like I was living in alignment. You know, you mentioned he's bringing us back into alignment. And have you read anything by Richard Rohr? No, I've heard of him, but I haven't read him yet. Oh, you would love him. He's so great. But anyway, he wrote this book and now I can't think of the name of it, but it's about the two halves of life and how in that first half of life, like for our survival, like part of what we need to do is, um, build stuff <laughs> like we need to become a success or we need to have a career or we need to build that family or we need to get married and we need and some of our false self creates some of that stuff, right? And some of our childhood wounds lead us out in some of that stuff. It's just kind of the way it is in that first half of our life. And when we get into our second half of life in this kind of spiritual um, growth time, we go, wait, that's actually not authentically me. And God shows us and we get to come back to who we actually are. But that that first half of life, like the rules and the kind of how we need to set things up, it's all very necessary for our spiritual formation. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. Um and so I think a lot of people that we coach or we come in contact with it's kind of the perfect storm, right? They're they're trying this new thing and <laughs> God's working on their hearts. Yeah. And, and yeah. they don't come in and go I know exactly what I want to do. It yeah. kind of transforms over time and that's what we're saying, just take that first step, just keep going, take inspired action, be obedient um without that attachment to some outcome that we've made up arbitrarily.
1: And the thing is, I love all of that, and the thing is is that one of the greatest things that I have learned through my business is just it has expanded and reinforced my faith that God will always show up for me. Amen. There have been so many times in business where it felt like I do not know where the next whatever is coming from and and God just always shows up, and I think that i I, I I've just been so amazed. And now when I face things in my business and I feel like I'm not sure what to do or I'm not sure how this is going to work out, I don't stress about it uh, because I I know God will show up. I just know that he will. And Mm -hmm. so I love that God uses that business as a way to expand our faith, expand our, um, our trust in him, our, uh, willingness to let things go because we know he has something bigger and God cares about it. Like he cares about your launch. He cares about your 32% open rate on your email. Mm -hmm. He cares about that. Like every single follower that we have on our Instagram. Um, if we think of them as people orchestrated by God to our social media, like how do we show up differently? And so I just, I, yeah, it's, it's an amazing journey to, to launch a business run a business grow a business with god at the center it's just an, like an infinite onion all the <laughs> it just never runs i never run out of layers i'm always learning something new about god or about what he uh, has to say about me or or what his vision and his purpose and his plan is. So for anybody listening, I just encourage you wherever you are and whatever step that you are hesitating to take, I just encourage you to step and step out with boldness because God will meet you there.
0: Oh, I love that. So awesome. Okay. So before we go, I want to ask my questions that I ask people because I would love to hear your answers on these. So what is a book that you love?
1: Um, there's a book by John Ortberg called Oh, The Places You'll Go, How Will You Know? Um, And it is all about that question of how do I know which direction God wants me to take? Mm. And it is the book that I recommend the most. Um, And it is just, it is so comforting. So like if you're making a decision about a career or a business or a a, a move to a different city, um, it's just really a a really great book. And I, I can't
0: recommend it highly enough.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: Okay, so what is a movie that you love?
1: Um, Well, I know that we both have a shared love for Valley Girl Um, (laughs) from way back. Uh, There was a movie years ago uh, called The Fisher King. Did did you ever see that?
0: Totally. I love that
1: movie. It's, it's such a beautiful movie about redemption through selflessness and friendship. And, uh, oh, I that.
0: Yes, yeah, I love that movie. Haven't thought of that one in a while either, but I love it. Um, okay. And what's a good piece of advice that you've received?
1: Um, I think the best one, I, I quote this all the time because I just never, never get tired of it, which is the one I shared earlier about don't fall in love with a product or service, fall in love with a group of people and just find out what they need and spend your life serving them and solving their problems.
0: I love that. That's so good. I also like um, something you said that I wrote down in your, in our conversation, you said ambition is not a dirty word. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, from my friend, Ashley. She says that all the time. It's good. Um, Okay, and then, so tell me about, and it doesn't have to be um you know someone famous, it could be someone personal, but who is someone that you admire?
1: um I find myself lately admiring people who 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 work like long into their later years. So um, I really liked, uh, I don't agree with all of her politics and I know we're in a very political environment. So hopefully there'll be grace for this. Um, but I, I really admire Ruth Bader Ginsburg for how she went the distance. She yep. just served for years and years. And I recently figured out that if I live to be her age Uh, that I'm only halfway through my work life. And I really liked that because I think it's a time where it'd be easy to feel like my impact is maybe winding down. And I just, I love looking at the contribution, how long she contributed and feeling like I'm just getting started. Oh, I love that.
0: Mm -hmm. How old was she when she passed?
1: I don't remember. Uh, I did the math at the
0: time. I
1: I don't know if it was quite, I don't know if it was
0: 90, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was up Um, there did you see that movie about her life? It was so beautiful. It was. Um, it was really beautiful. I really loved that movie. I loved her husband in it too. Yes. Like, you know, yes. just their relationship and um, seeing kind of what she went through in the times when it wasn't so easy for, like, she was like one of the first or maybe the only woman in her law school class and things like that. Like, It's pretty cool. She's pretty badass. (laughs) She is. She is. (laughs) For sure. All right. Well, I just appreciate you. I mean, there are so many good nuggets here. I know it's going to bless people just to hear from you. How can they learn more about you or how can they reach you? Sure. Um, My website is dawnsadler.com and I'm on Instagram at donsadler. Awesome. And I'm going to put that in the show notes too. So if you guys go to greatbigyes.com, all of that will be in when I post the podcast. So Thank you so much for being here, Don. Thank you for sharing with us. It's been such a blessing. Thank you. Thanks for having me.